championship weekend has arrived. We're here, baby. Ooh, 2020. Never thought we'd make it, but we're here. What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? It's your buddy Max here with Mr. Run DMC. And Dan, it is championship weekend. I know it we got is. a lot of Dynasty stuff to talk about, but before we do anything, I need your game picks. I need them now. All right. So what? First, uh, first game we got Tampa Bay versus Green Bay. You, if you look at me right now, I'm wearing a Tom Brady jersey. I have to go with Tampa Bay. I think they've got something special there, and I think they're going to be able to stop the run game with Aaron Jones. So I'm going to go Tampa Bay for the first game that we have there. Then we have Bills versus Kansas City. It is very hard to say that Kansas City isn't going to take uh, take the game for this one. I think the Bills have so much uh, going in their favor, but Patty Mahomes, you can't you can't work against the guy. He is going to come out on top. So I got to say Kansas City there. So a Tampa Bay Kansas City Super Bowl, I think, is in our future. However, what I would love to see is the Bills upset Kansas City. We have a Tom Brady versus the Buffalo Bills, the team that's been waiting so long for him to get out of their division to then come back in and just sour their lives. So if I can get that, if I can get a Tampa Bay Bills Super Bowl, I'm going to be a very happy person. I love it, man. I really do. Um, I'm actually taking the Bills to upset Kansas City. All right. So okay. I got the Bills. I got Tampa. I'm rooting for Tommy boy. I'd love to see it. Josh Allen versus Tom Brady. I can't think of two more opposite quarterbacks to watch in the Super Bowl. Exactly. And uh, yeah, let's get excited, man. Championship Sunday, but let's, let's, uh, we'll see what happens there. Let's shift into some dynasty topics. We don't want to talk too much about superstars in the playoffs. I think we want to start off with a superstar who, despite putting this, the team on his back all year, missed the playoffs. Yep. Good call. So whenever you give me the opportunity to talk about a 2,000-yard rusher. That's who I'm going to lead the show with, Dan. <laughs> and I think the crazy thing about Derrick Henry is, is he's such an outlier. And I hear people yeah. talking all the time. There's no one like Derrick Henry. You can't comp Derrick Henry to anybody. Well, I'm about to throw you a comp for Derrick Henry. So let me know when you're ready to hear exactly what Derrick Henry is. I'm ready. Hit me. Derrick Henry is a Mandalorian warrior. <laughs> he suits like up it. he suits up in the best car and he goes out and he puts the titans on his back and he's he's unstoppable well i mean that guy cornerbacks linebackers everybody are making uh business and livelihood decisions when you decide to take on derrick henry in the open field seriously he's, 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 he's incredible he's unbelievable and and we got to watch this two seasons in a row he leads the league in rushing um I might have some advice for dynasty leaguers. It's really hard to ditch some of these top backs, Dan, but I think we've been talking about maybe, you know, some flaws in Derrick Henry's game to cite these numbers. And I want to kind of hear your take on where you're at with Derrick Henry and what you might advise people to do going into next year. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's an interesting one, right? Because you see the production he's given you over the past two years. Again, as we said, led the league in rushing both consecutive years for these past two seasons. Uh, and it's so hard to give up an asset like that. But there's always this kind of thought around uh, selling someone a little too early versus selling someone a little too late. And I think if we are to take a look at what he's done uh, over the past two seasons, it's very hard to want to give that up. But you have to start to look at some of the, the cracks that might be forming uh, for his uh, style of game. 
and what we've maybe seen from a couple other previous players and how they've had similar situations. So as we said, Lee's league and rushing, fantastic. You know when he's on the field and you hand him the, the, the football, he's just going to drive down the field. However, a lot of us are playing in PPR, half PPR. So if you start to think of, okay, can he sustain that type of running going into the next few seasons? The answer is very likely not. So you're looking for to be able to supplement it potentially with uh, pass catching ability, right? Well, here's, here's the thing. He was uh, 46 and 50 in receptions for 2019 and 2020. Uh, not looking good for him to be able to supplement that with some pass catching, which is really hard. And secondly, when you look at the overall workload that he had, 681 carries over the past two years. Insane workload. Coming off of that type of workload, you haven't seen running backs be able to sustain it. You look at DeMarco Murray uh, with his 459 touches in 2014. Big fall off from there. Lev Bell had to take a year off after his 406 touch season. Like, this isn't sustainable in the long term. So if you know his biggest asset is his rushing ability without the ability to supplement it with receptions, I think it's a recipe for disaster. And this is a huge and perfect opportunity to uh, have him valued well above market and be able to sell him for a premium uh, and not have it be your problem going into the 2021 and beyond season. So that's kind of where I'm thinking uh, – I would place him right now. Max, would you agree? I love Derrick Henry. I've been holding him in startups to get those premium years. I was an early Derrick Henry drafter. I got five words for you. Put him on the block. Yep. I love it. That That's all I'm going to say. You could probably get a lot for him right now. I believe in the guy, but you know we're, we're going to talk uh, maybe a sneak preview of some of the 2021 class. Uh, you can move him for a player plus some of those picks. I, exactly. I say pull the trigger. Nope, I think so. You, you thank him for his, his service uh, on your team for the past uh, however many uh, years, uh, but I think it's time to let him go and uh, welcome in some of the new guys that are, are going to be really uh, making an impact uh, over the next few seasons. So speaking of some of the new and newish guys, um, I want to do a quick quick sanity check with you. So you it. and I talked a lot about how we had you know really five big workhorse running backs coming in when we were previewing yeah. this class. And, and I think that's actually expanded a little bit, which is awesome, right? You and I are yep. big RB zealots, right? Love exactly. the running back production. And so I want to check in and see if you are re-ranking the 2020 running back class right now, you know, looking at these top guys, what, what's your order looking like these days? If you're going into a startup, what's it looking like? Sure. So I think um, hasn't changed uh, at the very, very top. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, is absolutely still uh, at the very top of the list for me. I think he has finally started to uh, see the opportunity we hoped he was going to be getting uh, throughout the whole season. You saw it at the end of the season, and uh, his just profile itself just lends itself to being the, the 101 still, even if I'm looking back and kind of repeating. From there, I loved what I was seeing from J.K. Dobbins. He's on a, uh, a great offense where he started uh, sharing the field with, like, two to three other running backs. I think he started to set himself apart uh, from the pack and it's going to be really fun to watch him going into the next year. Then I have Swift uh, as my third running back there. Um, it's hard because I feel like talent wise, um, he's probably my second favorite overall, but I have to ding him for the offense that he's on right now. Uh, Matty Stafford apparently leaving there. Uh, you got Galladay and uh, Marvin Jones as free agents. Like it's going to be rough. Uh, on the uh, the Detroit Lions for a little bit, so I had to kind of ding him a little bit there. Then we have um, we have Acres. I think I loved 
what he was starting to do towards the tail end of the season. It's crazy. Like all of these, it was not till the tail end of the season that they started to get the opportunities that we really wanted them to get all season. Um, I have him behind um, Swift only because I still feel like there's a little bit of mysterious kind of how are they going to use their collective running backs. You did see him come about the the end of the season because uh, you had Malcolm Brown and others, uh, Henderson, that were injured. I'm just, I, it's a little bit of a question mark to know if they're going to mix those guys back in when they're healthy, but I loved what Akers did there. Then to follow it, we got Robinson. Holy crap, did he impress this season? It was uh, pretty incredible to be able to see uh, him as an undrafted rookie put up the numbers that he did. Um, but there's question marks about the future of Jacksonville. They have so much cap space. They have so many picks. There's a chance they could potentially uh, pick up one of the big names that are coming about. Then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the fall of grace. Uh, you and I had him kind of behind a lot of these guys to begin with, but he was the 101 in some people's minds. Uh, fantastic offense. That's basically kind of why I'm putting him there. Uh, the opportunity's still great, but I'm not a huge fan of his profile and talent. And then you have Gibson. Gibson's just a wild card. It was just crazy to see him come onto the scene. Uh, but he's on the Washington football team. So I have to ding him there just because I still don't know uh, quite what's going on with them. You have really not much college profile to look back on, which is, of course, why uh, he really wasn't in the conversation for a lot of people to begin with. But there's huge opportunity, too. I mean, you saw like when Rarick kind of brought him on board, he was saying that he could be a CMC light, which, of course, is an outrageous thing to say. But like he's got a very shifty skill set to him uh, that could really make him an extensible um, kind of asset, especially in things like PPR. So JT, Dobbins, Swift, Akers, Robinson, CEH, Gibson. That's my final ranking that I have right now. I was getting so worried when you went JT Dobbins 1-2 that our lists were going to be the same and we're going to have nothing to talk about. <laughs> exactly the opposite happened, and nice. I hope you're ready okay. for this. Perfect. Hit me. So I got JT at 1. Nice. I got Dobbins at 2. Just okay. just quick, some fun stats for the people at home for this. Jonathan Taylor was number three in rushing yards this year. And like you said, it really didn't materialize till the end of the year. Exactly. Over 1,400 yards as a rookie is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, we had the rapid fire section a couple of weeks ago. I said, Jonathan Taylor, we had him as the 101. Did we hitch our wagon to the wrong guy? And you said, no, we held strong. Exactly. I loved it. J.K. Dobbins, awesome to watch. 800 plus rushing yards and nine TDs with less than 40% of the running back opportunities on that team. Yeah. So I love to see that. I'm in agreement one, two. Where we start to get a little different is I got Akers at three. Um, Fair. Love DeAndre Swift, phenomenal talent. But ever since we saw that eruption game of Cam Akers against the Patriots, yep. you got a glimpse into that ceiling and he's done nothing but impress ever since. I might be putting a little bit more stock in his situation and offense, right? And McVeigh and their ability yep. to scheme it up versus uh, the woeful year after year Detroit Lions. Exactly, um, with the the new coach that wants everyone to bite their kneecaps off. Like they, it's it's going to be a weird situation over in Detroit Lions. Like. There was an amazing <laughs> picture on Twitter. I'll have to send it to you later, where they showed Dan Campbell signing his deal, and someone quoted it and said, "Dan Campbell looks like somebody who's stressed out about having to sell ten F one fifties before the week <laughs> is over." And it was just the perfect oh, comment, great. man. But. Oh. Acres, 750 all-purpose yards in just 11 games this year. Let's let's not forget he had the rib injury, probably came back a little early, and he had all this production while seeing number five overall average defenders in the box. So they were saying, yeah. Jared Goff, I dare you to beat us. We're going to defend Cam Akers. Yeah. Um, 
This is where I put Swift, right? I got Swift at four, no argument. I think he said it great there. I mean, he was sub 50% opportunity share and he yeah. was still number 16 in, in points per game. So exactly. he crushed it. Those four, I mean, outside of Jonathan Taylor, I think you can really put him in any order you want, depending on who you like. Agreed. Here's where it might get a little fun. I got Gibson at five, okay? All right. And you know me, you know I love leaning potential and you know I'm an athleticism snob. Antonio Gibson has elite speed. He runs like a four yeah. three eight at his size. It's insane. It is insane. Um, over a thousand all-purpose yards. His rookie year on the Washington Football Team is crazy. Um, yeah. He's top ten in elusiveness, so making people miss left and right. And I totally, I, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a paradox here because you know I love to lean on the college profile. And we don't have it with him. We don't. <laughs> but we saw, I mean, he was he was great receiving in college, right, at Memphis. Yep. And now he's proved, at least to me, after, you know, a season of rushing in the NFL, that he can rush too. So I could really see him having a massive ceiling. Um, so I have him at five. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I don't really want to talk about CEH that much. He wasn't my favorite prospect coming out. I think he's a solid producer for his career, especially in that offense. Um, you know, he was number 14 in weighted opportunities this year. So at the position, getting a ton of opportunities. Got a little dinged up. Uh, I thought he was more impressive in the beginning of the year than the end. And then I rounded out with James Robinson. And let me state my case here. I talked about it on the last show, right? These undrafted guys, the sticking power, it's going to be infinitely harder for these guys to succeed. Do, do I want to root for James Robinson? Absolutely. Those are the guys that I do root for. But if you're asking me who's going to be number seven getting onto my dynasty team, it's going to be James Robinson, despite one of the most, if not the most impressive rookie running back seasons for an undrafted yeah. guy of all time. Yeah, it's it's so hard with him just because at some point someone has to break the mold, right? Like it's there's always going to be the stats that those guys don't have staying power. The only thing that I think is super interesting is when they have that much cap space and picks, there's always that risk that he can be replaced. But there's also this opportunity where they have seen enough from him that they just load up on O-line, give uh, him a bunch more just help and support, and that they don't have to spend up for the big running back, and they make a fantastic team out of the Jaguars. So it's going to be really interesting. Um, I think any of those um, Gibson, if we're going to ding – him for, uh, or at least myself, if I'm going to ding him for the uh, offense that he's on, I had to do the same for, for Robinson, but I'm just rooting like crazy for Robinson because I think he's just a very fun guy to watch when you well, uh, you look back at those games. Let's keep, let's keep it rolling. Let's keep on the Jacksonville train because true. brighter days might be ahead, Dan. That is true. There's a light at the end of the tunnel for those guys. And, I mean, right now they have the pick. Trevor Lawrence is, is, is sitting right there. They can pull the trigger. Ooh. And I think it would be very interesting how that offense could, could change dramatically overnight with just yeah. that one draft pick. And, you know, for, for those of you who haven't done any Trevor Lawrence homework or, you know, live under rocks and have no idea who this guy <laughs> is, I mean, he is being billed as the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, maybe even since Peyton Manning. Um, there's a lot of chatter about this kid. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you should know is that he led he led his team to a national championship as a true freshman against Alabama, you know, a couple of years ago, the number yep. one team in the country. Um, 
but you really look at all these scouting services, any of the college metrics. He's a quick decision maker. He's got a cannon for an arm. Um, in 2020, Pro Football Focus actually charted him hitting 73.7% of his throws on the mark, which is crazy because Joe Burrow and LSU the year before deemed the best college offense of all time. Burrow was only hitting 71.7% of his throws. Man. If that wasn't crazy enough, Trevor Lawrence can run. He's yeah. 6'6", 220 pounds, and he has 750-plus rushing yards and 17 rushing TDs over the last two years. If I'm a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I'm excited right now. Or maybe very worried about the prospect of them passing on Trevor Lawrence. Also true, exactly, because there's some people who say that they could get a little crafty, trade back, have fields over Lawrence. There's a bunch of different things that can, that can happen there, but it's at least it's a good situation to have that one-on-one because then you have options. But I think we, we would agree the best option is take this guy because he's going to be an insane asset for you long-term. Uh, and he's also going to have some really nice impact on some of the existing players of the Jaguars right now. Uh, I mean, you and I are big fans of both uh, LaVisca Chanel and uh, DJ Chark. Like, they are awesome, awesome assets. And I think clearly, like, I'm not going to say one bit um, <clears throat> that it's not going to help uh, their situations. They've had uh, a whole rotating crew of QBs prior, uh, and they've been able to still kind of jump out and, and shine there. The one thing that's going to be super interesting, though, is the Jaguars also have a lot of cap space. So my thoughts are, for a dynasty perspective, I would love to try and go get these guys. Uh, you're, they're going to get harder and harder to be able to, uh, to go out and get as the year goes on and as maybe more murmurs come out that, yeah, it's definitely going to be Lawrence for uh, Jacksonville. Then you're going to look at it being like, okay, well, these are going to be his, uh, his pass catchers. Chenault is a dynamic playmaker like we you and I were so uh we were talking about just like out of the backfield so many like little tricks that he can do add in the fact that Urban Meyer coming in for our head coach is going to really be able to kind of make him a versatile player uh and then DJ Chark I mean he's one year removed from a thousand yards and eight touchdowns uh in 15 games like that's super impressive but the one thing I will say is there are some free agents that are coming out uh in 2021 where there's a chance they could pay up for an Allen Robinson. Uh, Kenny Galladay, I think, is another one who's hitting the market. Like, if they want to beef this team up quick, they've got the flashy head coach. They're going to get this uh, potential stud of a uh, quarterback coming in with their 101. Would they be willing to maybe pay up and get a, another superstar in the mix? So that's the only thing that I, I would maybe say proceed with caution. Um, go out and get your, your Charks and uh, Chenaults if you can for a reasonable price, but do be wary because there's a potential that someone else can come in and, and maybe mix the pot a little bit there. So uh, what are your thoughts, Max? I got two points I want to bring up here. First of all, the Allen Robinson return to Jacksonville would be interesting. I, never I forget. It out. Never forget Allen Robinson. I believe it was over 1,400 yards with Blake yep. Bortles a few yes. years ago. Okay. Exactly. Uh, and my second point is a direct question fired right your way. Is Minshew mania over, Dan? Uh, I don't believe it's over, but I believe it might be going into hibernation for a little bit. I think you're going to see a lot of shifts and changes at the QB uh, kind of position across the league. And I think he's going to be an odd man out. Um, very much like a James Winston, uh, I think is, is going to be, uh, he's going to have to go and be a backup somewhere unless you get someone like a, a Chicago that again, is just like, we just want to change at QB. We're not in on Trubisky. We want to have someone else kind of come in and maybe shift things up. Maybe he heads over that way. 
Uh, I see his potential future being like a, a journeyman, Fitzmagic, comes in, sets the world on fire for a little bit, maybe burns a little too bright, and uh, and goes back um, back to being a little bit more of a pumpkin. I love the guy. I think he's got swagger, and I really do believe he's got something between uh, his running ability and some of the big um, plays that he can make downfield. But I think we're going to have to cool on Minshew Mania for a little bit uh, as we head into at least this next season. Uh, I still am personally uh, a fan of buying low for pennies on the dollar to see if he can pop uh, back up somewhere else. I mean, where you were taking him in startups or any pay, any you know price you paid for him, he wasn't hurting you. Um, but he I think we have. Max. He hurt me I... a little bit. I sent I sent uh, Antonio Gibson away for. Uh, oh Minshew no, Mania. Dan! I did in one league. Uh, it's, it hurts. And on top of that, do you know who I also sent along with them? I'm not even sure I want to hear it after that. Jalen Hurts and Antonio Gibson. Oh my goodness. You didn't even tell me this before the show. I know. I I was ashamed. I was ashamed. I couldn't, I did get Paris Campbell in the mix. So I did, I did salvage it that way a little bit, but that's fine. That one's a little roster clogger for you for the next couple (laughs) years. (laughs) He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Listen, I love Paris Campbell. I just want to see him stay on the field. I've, I've been, I've been hurt by, uh, by Mr. Minshew. So I got to forgive him. Got to, got to move on. But yeah, to your original point, uh, where you took him drafts, he, he, he didn't hurt you. Uh, you for most of, um, most drafts, it was occurring before Bud Light did their promotion of take him in the first. And if you win your, <laughs> win your league, you get uh, free Bud Light. Uh, he, he was never a, a high draft capital, uh, type of, uh, decision for you, but, um, who knows? We'll have to see what happens next season. Well, that's okay, because you're not you're not the only person that's been hurt. Um, I hurt our listeners, Dan. I hurt every single one of them, all twelve, um, <laughs> brokenhearted right now. We got I, so I need, many letters. <laughs> I need to issue an apology letter to Josh Allen. There um, we go, Josh Allen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I doubted you. I'm not really that sorry, but I'm sorry because of the way this season played out. Uh, I want to quickly read my notes from Josh Allen from our Superflex show back in September. Let's do it. Um, was never a great passer in college. Uh, only 21st percentile QBR, 35th percentile yards per attempt. In 2019 and 2018, he was the number 33 and number 35 quarterback in true completion percentage and was awful in the red zone. Um, I told the listeners, Dan, guys like this don't last. Jameis Winston lost his job. Mitch Trubisky lost his job. Oh, I didn't know he was going to get it back. Uh, and uh, Tim Tebow couldn't make it in the league. I compared uh, Josh Allen to Tim Tebow. You did. This, you did. This, this take is not aging great for me, but, but uh, you know, it gets worse because I said he is not bolded in all caps. He is not 2019 Lamar Jackson. Um, oh. Which maybe How, the rushing uh, production wasn't there, but, I mean, he true. was winning people leagues this year. Uh, yes. Just like Lamar Jackson was. Um, I won't take all the blame for this, Dan. In fact, I'd actually love for the people at home to listen to a uh, quick soundbite of you talking about Josh Allen. So let's hit that fair. real quick before before we move on with the apology letter. Any final words on Josh Allen, Dan? Yeah, don't don't waste a a fourth round pick in Superflex drafting this guy. Oh. Take so <laughs> shots fired. All right. So, yeah, as you can see, I think we were both feeling pretty similar about uh, Josh Allen and clearly uh, some bad takes exposed when it comes to uh, what he's been able to do over the course of the season. So 
Uh, you got to celebrate when you're right, but you also got to acknowledge when you're wrong. And I feel like Josh Allen definitely um, surprised us. You know, I think he I, I, I undervalued uh, his connection with Diggs. Uh, I think that was a big thing. Uh, we've always kind of been the wide receiver moving into a new system. How are they going to connect? Well, the answer is really <laughs> darn good. Like they, they had a fantastic connection there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can continue on. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch him today and see what uh, he's able to do against Kansas City. Because as you're saying, could be an upset. We were dead wrong. Um, this is my last comment on Josh Allen before we close and mail the apology letter. <laughs> we'll send him a, we'll send him a, a, a CD of this cut right here. A lot of people were talking about Carson Wentz as an MVP just a few short years ago. And we predicted that he had a good chance of losing his job to Jalen Hurts without an injury, and that happened. So did Josh Allen prove us wrong? Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see if that happens next year and the years after. Yep, I think that's fair. But I got good news for you, because brighter days are ahead. It's true. It is rookie ranking season, and I agreed to make myself look like a fool on this show and come up and unveil my top 12 way too early super flex rookie rankings dan are you ready for that i'm ready i'm excited this is gonna be fun to uh, to be able to hear your list here so let's uh let's kick it off all right so i'm gonna read off all 12 and then i'm gonna go back and give you some notes that i took on the top six we'll continue to dig into these guys as the year progresses and we're gonna just continue to get more information on them but as of today january 24th here's where the list stands i got trevor lawrence at one i got justin fields at two I got Najee Harris at three, Travis Etienne at four, got Jamar Chase back from his vacation at number five, (laughs) Javonta Williams out of North Carolina at number six, then following it up with Jalen Waddell over Devonta Smith, maybe a little controversial there. Uh, I got my boy Rondell Moore from Purdue, Kyle Pitts, future Hall of Fame tight end, sneaking into the list. And then we round it out with uh, with Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Dan, any interesting takeaways just from reading the list off? No, I think uh, you and I are probably going to be uh, seeing some of the same names uh, when I kind of come with uh, my rankings um, soon enough. I, I love seeing Pitts uh, uh, that early, um, and I think it's warranted. It's just fun to have a tight end in the mix. You know, over the past few um, kind of drafts, uh, you always see that you really don't start picking any um, tight ends until like probably the early second. So it's so fun to see someone that's going to sneak into the first and you are, you're p- pitted uh, with this conversation of, do I take a wide receiver or do I dive into this guy who's just being lauded as one of the next elite tight ends? So that's always really fun. And then honestly, it's, it's going to be interesting with the super flex as uh, you started to toss out some of the um, other quarterbacks that aren't Lawrence or Fields. Um, I think there's a lot of talent there that's overshadowed by those two big names, and you're going to be able to pick up some other really good quarterbacks uh, in the back uh, part of the first here. Uh, maybe they might even sneak into in, in some of other people's drafts into the early second. So I love it. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, with the actual draft capital uh, associated with these guys and the landing spots, right? I think people are going to shift up and down accordingly. Uh, really interested to see if uh, Jalen Wall is going to stay there. Uh, when we see where people land uh, over Devontae Smith. It's going to be an interesting one to see. Yeah, ranking anybody over the reigning Heisman champ uh, is always an interesting scenario. To circle back on the Pitts thing real quick, and then I'll give some rapid-fire notes on these guys. Uh, I don't feel great about it, having a tight end yep. in the top 12. I don't blame But I, I couldn't not do it. 
So yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. Like he's going to be there. Where he ends up is is definitely in, in flux, but I think he made the right choice. I think he's got to be there. Yeah. So I think we covered Lawrence pretty well earlier. Uh, Justin Fields for, you know, people starting to do homework or tune into rookie season. Uh, Pro Football Focus's highest rated quarterback in 2020. Heisman Trophy finalist. I mean, the guy is a stud. Like you said, you know, he and Lawrence are really overshadowing some of these other QBs right now. Uh, another guy that's super mobile, over 800 rushing yards the last two years. Um, you know, and he really, he took Ohio State to the national championship, throwing to Chris Olave and basically nobody else. So Justin Fields is a fun prospect, um, really kind of the 1B, although maybe spaced a little further apart to uh, Trevor Lawrence's 1A. Najee Harris, uh, if we were ever looking for, uh, you know, a potential Derrick Henry part two, big back coming out of Alabama, yeah. Najee Harris back to back 1200 yard rushing seasons, uh, 1400 plus yards this year. And unlike Derrick Henry, Najee Harris can catch 27 receptions the year before 43 receptions this past year. The guy is 6'2", 230 pounds. He's an absolute monster. Here's where I get to maybe my favorite guy on this list. And, uh, you know, for those of you who can't see me, which is everybody but Dan, <laughs> I am rocking a uh, jersey that I'm going to comp this next player to. I watched Travis Etienne, and he is absolutely electric. Ridiculous. Um, back-to-back 1,600-yard rushing seasons in 28 and 2019, and 35-plus receptions over the last two years in each season. You had 37 in 2019, 48 this year. Ooh. And he reminds me... Of number 41, Alvin Kamara, just the balance through contact, yeah. the vision on the field. You know, this is stuff that's kind of hard to quantify sometimes in these metrics. I'm not big on comping players one-to-one to others, but just when I watch him, Alvin Kamara is probably my favorite player in the NFL right now. And when I watch yeah. him, that's what I see. Can't help but um, be reminded. And really to just kind of round out the list here, you know, Jamar Chase, such an interesting case study for rookie drafts this year because... Yeah. He didn't play this year, took the year off, you know, and he's only though one year removed from a 1,780 yard receiving season, sharing a field with Justin Jefferson, who right now is coming off one of the top rookie wide receiver seasons ever. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of people ranking wide receivers above Jamar Chase and I just, I can't do it. I can't do it right now. I can't either yet. Um, and you know, it's funny because the next guy, you know, Javante Williams, you know, big guy, running backs are scarce. And yep. you know that I love those 5'10, 220 pound guys, those workhorse exactly. backs. You have a type. I have a type, <laughs> and he's it. Uh, you know, 1,400 all purpose yards this year, uh, and 22 touchdowns in just 11 games. Really made a name for himself. And I'm, I'm seeing people get a little crazy with Javante Williams. I've seen people rank him over Travis Etienne, which you're just not going to see me do that. Yeah. Um, you know, especially right now, right? Things can change a little bit, but right For now, sure. I think it's crazy to put him above Etienne. That really rounds out the top six. Again, we're going to continue digging on these guys as the offseason progresses. I don't know if we'll have a combine or pro days. What's going to happen? But the more information we get, the more we're going to refine this stuff. Dan. Any closing thoughts on the start of 2021 rookie watch season? Yeah, I guess the the one thing that I would say is you're, you're going to see a lot of kind of floating after, in my opinion, uh, the first five. I think landing spot's going to uh, dictate. There's going to be draft capital. 
if you're listening to this, start to send out feelers for any top five picks uh, in your Superflex leagues. See what you got to do to be able to offload a player. If I'm getting any one of those top five, in my opinion, Lawrence, Fields, Harris, Etienne, or Chase, I'm a very happy person. So it's only going to get harder to be able to get those top uh, draft capital spots for your upcoming rookie drafts. Um, I highly recommend seeing what the market is like now because it's going to get very hard to get those picks uh, later down the line as you start to see uh, this actually come to life and in, in the uh, NFL draft happening. So uh, I that's just my two cents. I think this is a very special class. And if I'm getting any one of those five in a super flex, I'm going to be a very happy person. All right, Dan. Awesome way to kick off 2021. First show of the year. Yes, sir. We both got football to go watch. It's championship Sunday. We do. I don't have anything else to say. Exactly. We gave ourselves enough time to be able to fully enjoy these two games, which I uh, definitely plan on doing. So let's it's going to be a nice it, little man. Sunday for ourselves. Let's uh, let's get out of here. Again, plenty more digging on rookies coming soon. Plenty more stuff yeah. to talk about. But for championship Sunday, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in.